probably help if I hit record. I didn't want to be the one to tell you. <laughs> Give it a second. episode new guest not really but kind of i feel new what's up daryl what up how's it going man good only good new in the sense that like it's been a minute uh, i think the last time we did something together was thanks killing uh no we did the february uh creepy ie creepy ie Ah, yes, that's that's right. In the hotel room. Hotel room podcast. Ooh. All intimate and whatnot. Explicit. <laughs> I'm going to move some of your shit around here. Uh, what you got to do? Just to give myself some space. Oh, it's not like we could have done that before or anything. I didn't realize <laughs> how needy I was until right now. Put that there. Bring this over here. Salute. Salute. That's good. That's good stuff. So what's up, man? Just hanging out. Saw some cool movie. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I I think I mentioned this to you uh, when I got here, but I picked this movie because by the time this airs, it will have been or is close to your birthday. I won't put the date out there, but good. I'll just say it's kind of in close proximity. So I thought that this would be a good selection to help celebrate your birthday. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, very thoughtful. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so before we get into um, what we watched and, and the whole breakdown and everything, um, you and I were kind of talking off mic and you had some questions, you had some news. So like, I'm going to give you the floor. Uh, I don't, okay. I don't want the whole thing, but sure. Um <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple couple of notes that I wanted to say over the last uh, couple of weeks. Ooh, um, okay. Uh, so, okay, first and foremost, I was not testing you on your Star Wars knowledge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just asking questions to see what you knew and what you did not know. <laughs> I forgot that that was in there. Yes. Yeah, the fact that you brought gotcha. that so you thought I was testing you. I got gotcha. <laughs> Anyways, just talking shit. Um pronunciation of sow as in pig yes yeah s-o-w said sow sow what did i say so you said sow and then you said so and then you said you weren't sure and uh, got clarification thank you moved on yeah 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 i learned that um hanging out in a barn in oregon with a friend and going to his neighbor's house and talking about the sows sows and i was like okay but never heard that before (laughs) So it was just like natural for you guys to just go hang out at the barn. Well, like a literal barn, a uh, little, yes, a little barn, but it wasn't, well, it wasn't natural for me. It was natural for him and going over to the neighbor, which <laughs> he referred to as old man. Um, he referred to him, to me as old man. And then when we went to the house, it, he called him the old man. Okay. <laughs> What's up, old man? <laughs> and uh, yes, he was an old man. Uh <laughs> And then we, you know, we BS for a while, drank some whiskey, and 
somehow ended up in the barn with the sows. With the okay. <laughs> <laughs> you spend too much time there. That wasn't my favorite place to be, but yeah. Uh, Got it. Funny. So noted sows. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I was talking about speaking of uh, that from that movie, Sal. When you did uh, the last shift. Yep. Uh, I was interested in the movie, which I have not seen yet, but dude, it's a good watch, man. It looked cool. the The clip that you put on Instagram looked pretty good. And um, when I was, I don't know if I listened to it two parts. Usually I do because they're kind of long. I'm, you know, I'm doing it driving most of the time. Sure. But uh, I was off a later shift driving home on the 101 in the dark and nice. the combination of of the movie or you talking about the movie and then the movie sounds that you had in there sure actually had me a little creeped out <laughs> and nice. I, was, I was like i had to take a minute and be like wow this is pretty good yeah this is pretty cool nice so. yeah i'm glad i'm glad that stuff lands because um you know as i mentioned um before there's some debate on like is it too much like not not so much the sound because I think people really enjoy that part of it. I think it adds, um, like it's like it's like just another element that just kind of helps you be able to digest the fact that you know Matt and I are going through movies scene by scene. And I think right. that's that's where the debate is on like, should we continue to do it scene by scene or should we just give a more kind of um. Like still go through it, but not like detail oriented. And I I get where the one argument can be made because I sometimes talk too much and I want to tell um the whole story and give all the details. Right. But um the fear is that it detracts from it 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 discourages people from going out and watching the movie for themselves. Which I would argue, um I mean I I see I I get that, but also at the same time my argument is like. Well, like yourself, you haven't had a chance to watch it, but you are experiencing it in a different way. Yep. And so it gives you the ability to to kind of, again, for lack of a better term, experience it without having to, like, sit down and watch it. Because I know for me, sometimes I'm reckless. And so, like, I'll put on, like, a TV show or a movie in the car while I'm driving. Okay. Um, But, like, I end up just, like, mostly listening to it. Right. And so without being able to see what <laughs> yes <laughs> without being able to see what's happening like i just kind of have to make it up for myself so it's it's to me i find it as like someone's describing it and then i can also hear it and so it just kind of lands better so that if you aren't in a position to be able to watch it then at least you can hear it and have a better understanding of what's happening without needing to see it right I get it. I I don't know what the right answer is. Uh, I mean, it's your guys' show, so yeah, do it however you we're, want. And yeah, I, we're I do have to admit, uh, the Bill Pullman movie, uh, Surveillance. Yeah, uh, I was listening to that one, and I purposely cut off the podcast, and then went home and watched the movie, and then finished the podcast later because I didn't want the spoiler. And nice. I How'd you like it? Check out. It was really good. I thought right? it was cool. Yeah. yeah and that was, honestly, um, probably not something that was on my radar that I probably would have ever come across. So yeah, I never even heard of it. So Matt was the one who put it on my radar and I'm glad he did. Cause the David Lynch connection I thought was pretty crazy. And right. Yeah. That, I don't know. There was a lot of things to it that, yeah, it worked out. And, yeah. So, yeah. But I made the conscious decision. Good. I'm going to stop listening to you assholes and I'm going to watch the movie and then I'll, I'll finish Which is later. fine, I guess, as long as you came back and finished the episode. I guess that's all that matters. <laughs> yep. Cool. 
I think. <laughs> no, <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> so what else? You somewhere you said oh. something along the lines of bombshells. So okay, like, yeah, okay. I had something that I wanted to bring up that I probably should have told you a couple months ago. Something you mention every single episode. Uh, that I just wanted to let you know that me personally, I do not listen to your podcast via Spotify. Oh, interesting. So you always say if you're not listening on Spotify, I don't know where you're listening. I yeah, because I push it. Yep. The platform that I use is RSS, and it. I don't know if that's. I mean, you create uh, what's called. I don't know if you know how it works, but nope. you create you create uh, this RSS feed. Don't ask me what it stands for. And then that feed is what gets plugged into Spotify. And so I go to this platform, rss.com. I upload all of the artwork and all of the text and put in the recording, and then it uploads it to Spotify. Okay. I it's don't not know just Spotify. where else it goes. <laughs> so if it's going other places, that's cool. But yeah, I, I, where are you listening yeah, to so it? So I downloaded Spotify just to listen to your show when you first started. Right. And then eventually... Uh -huh. uh, I mean, I, the other platform that I listen, I'm an, I'm an Android user, and it's called Podcast Attic. Huh. Yep. So, I don't know. One, one day, I, you know, I, that's where I have most of my podcasts, and I was like, let me just search. Good Good to and know. Sure enough, it popped up, and I was okay. like, yeah. And Interesting. I don't, I don't need to use Spotify anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was, like, I think when I originally signed up for the service and everything, I think there was an option to, like, Hey, do you want to like publish this everywhere else? But I don't think it gave like a breakdown. Okay. So I probably just said, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. And then, sure enough, there it goes. Yeah, so. I, I don't know how it works either. And you know, it's just the this is just happens to be the app that I use for my podcast. And nice. You guys are on there too. Excellent. Yep. There, there was um this other guy who subscribe. He was going to subscribe, and then he asked me if the show was on Pocket Cast. Which I'd never, never heard of. Yeah. So I think I downloaded it. Let me reach it for my phone. I think I downloaded it at one point and then couldn't figure it out or didn't want to take the time to figure it out. So I just like ditched it. Understand the latter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have the app on my phone anymore. Well, thanks for the notes. Um, there was one thing that I was hoping you were going to address um, as I started to realize what you were doing. And you didn't get there, so I'm just gonna okay. I'm gonna lay uh, it up for yeah. you. I don't know if I made a note and missed over, or, but yeah, please. Did you hear the episode on Horror Express? Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. I'm fairly recent, but I just don't remember exactly. Okay. So um, we were talking because Christopher Lee's in it, and then um, Peter Cushing's in it. Okay. Both of which who are in the Star Wars universe. So Matt and I got oh, into yeah, a conversation yeah, yeah. about I Star Wars, and he was saying that he would love to see. Like the sand people make a run on like Jabba's palace. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. Uh, not that part. But. Okay, because I was curious to know if because we're then we started talking about the huts, right? Yeah. So then I asked Matt. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if Lionel Huts is oh. related to Jabba the Hut. You know what? I do. And I was like, that's that. a question for Daryl. And then <laughs> we've never talked about it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's that's a different spelling, <laughs> but I thought it was a hilarious. <laughs> I I did pat myself on the back for that one. Good that question, one good. good connection, <laughs> and the fact that my name got brought up. Uh. 
unnecessarily. <laughs> nice. Yeah, good times. Made me laugh. Okay, so tonight we are reviewing a little movie. Well, hold on. I'm going to try to do this right because Matt asked me about this the last time uh, we met, which was just a couple weeks ago. I'm going to try to enter the movie like Matt usually would. I don't know that I'm going to do a good job at it, but I'm going to give it the old college try. Tonight, the monsters are running amok, and we run towards that marquee, and the sign says, Bloody Birthday. 1970, three children were born during a total eclipse of the sun. Now, ten years later, they share a terrible compulsion to kill, and no one can stop them. If they decide they don't like you, watch out. The children will stop at nothing to get a deadly murder weapon. And anyone can be their victim. No one is safe. Not even their families can escape. Children shouldn't play with sharp objects. They hate their babysitter and her little brother. And the teachers at school are so mean. No matter where you run, they'll find you. There's no escape. Bloody birthday. A terrifying journey into the bazaar. Will you get out alive? Insert uh, trailer here. <laughs> That's a little horn, right? Celebration, but... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I did that all right. Hopefully, Matt, I did okay. Um, but yeah, tonight we're talking about um, Bloody Birthday, written and directed by Mr. Ed Hunt. Do you remember that name? Does that name ring a bell to you, Daryl? It sounds familiar, but um, even even when it was going through on the credits, uh, but nothing's clicking in the background. Ed Hunt also directed a movie called The Brain. Okay. Which, if you if you remember yeah. from our YouTube days, we did like a three part um, kind of like arc where we talked about yep. Castle Freak, The Brain, and uh, Reanimator. The Brain um, was directed by Ed Hunt, which um, starred um, what's his name, the doctor from uh, Reanimator, whatever his name is. I'm sorry, it's slipping my mind. And then. Um, because he was in Reanimator, we looked at that in Castle Freak at the same time. So, um, Ed Hunt, the director of this movie. Um, do you remember the movie The Brain? I, I do not. I've never seen it, but I remember. I mean, your episode. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, essentially this um, this company in, I think it was Can. I don't think they ever announced it, but it, I swear it was Canada or like New York area. 
was growing this like superhuman, like this huge brain in the laboratory, and it was like controlling what people were watching on TV and kind of turning them into zombies and shit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, just people were like uh, killing each other and the whole night. Murder ensued. It's a good plan. Well, that movie took place in a town called Meadowvale. And I remember when I looked into Bloody Birthday, I was like, oh, Bloody Birthday also takes place in a town called Meadowvale. I remember you guys talking about the, the license plates on the cars. Because they were, I think they were out. New York plates. That's kind of what um, threw me off. Because it, I got a Canada vibe from the movie for some reason. But, hmm. um, Meadowvale. Uh, so in this movie, Bloody Birthday, Meadowvale is in California. And I think in the brain they try to make it feel like California. I don't remember. There's some kind of connection. I I thought for some reason that it was in California, but then when I looked into it, I was like, no, it's Bloody Birthday that takes place in Meadowvale, California. The brain is in Meadowvale, but I don't think they actually specify the state. And then on top of that, so Meadowvale is not a real place in the states, but it is a city in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. So I'm like, okay, there's some correlation there. I haven't looked too far into it past that, but my radar was kind of slightly correct in that sense. Canadian? Oh, that's a good question. All right, we'll circle back to that. Put a pin in it. Yeah. That's what I'm here for, folks. (laughs) Okay, so released in 1981, officially. I say that because there was some rumors surrounding the movie that the movie was shot and then shelved for five years. But um, those have since been dispelled, and it was shot in 80, released in 81. Um, Do you want to give us a synopsis on the movie? Sure. Yeah, do it, (laughs) Daryl. All right, well, uh, basically, starts off at uh, 1970, June 9. Yes. And fact. There's an eclipse happening while centers around a hospital where a group of children are born. All during the eclipse. Then it kind of smash cuts 10 years later. June 1st, 1980. And centers around these children that uh, have something off about them. Yeah, I think uh, I think in the um, in the description of the movie, it, it outlines like um, there's some genealogy, not genealogy, <laughs> there's some astrology to the movie, um, which kind of helps define some of the actions for the kids. But in the description of the movie, it does say that um, Saturn was, like, blocked. Fuck Saturn. <laughs> it's all about Honda, bitch. <laughs> so, because Saturn was blocked during the eclipse, these three kids uh, were all born at the same time in the same hospital, were born without emotions, because Saturn is the planet that controls emotion so was it all emotions or a certain emotion or i don't something? i don't know they don't really hammer down on that right it's just kind of i'm not a space guy like that like uh, yeah i they talked about it a little bit in the movie but i think i think it was just emotion in hmm. general but nonetheless um so they're they're born with something off about them 
And then what we find leading up to their birthday party and thereafter is that there's some murderous events happening happening around uh, the town. Um, and people are starting to get suspicious. And um, yeah, death happens. Yeah, they, they want death. And um, although kind of aiming towards a, a brother and sister down the street, uh, they're, they're happy to kill just anyone, it seemed. Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, it was awesome, and I think each of them has um, a role to play in the trio per se. Um, so without getting too far into it, there's uh, Debbie, there's hold on, I got it right here. There's Debbie, Curtis, and Stephen. I think um, you can disagree with me or agree with me, but I think Debbie's like the ringleader. I was kind of trying to figure that out, and I kind of maybe had a little bit of that vibe, but not exactly sure. Gotcha. So I, I attribute Debbie to being the ringleader. And then Curtis to me is like the brains of the operation. Like he goes back and forth between like brains and wild card to me. Definitely then, wild card. Also, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit of muscle, which is unsurprising due to his attire. Yeah. 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 That just, that's, you know, kind of blending in. Right. Yeah. And then there's Steven, who's like the short little blonde kid who like, I don't know, he's dead weight to me. Like he didn't really do much. I don't think he brought much to the table as far as like contribution yeah, for the group. Um, he's hired muscle. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so the, so the movie opens in 70, these three kids are born, um, during the eclipse, um, uh, which was a long ass eclipse. I think we all made a note. It's like. <laughs> Damn, how long is this shit going to last? Very long, very long clips. And then cut 10 years later, and we're getting ready to celebrate their birthday. Um, starts with this couple making out in a graveyard. Very hot and steamy. Romantic. Dude, they were eating each other's faces. <laughs> that shit was like, it went from like sexy to gross. Like, come on. A little awkward. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. Know? I think we we all agreed that like it was hilarious that the girl um, who was like getting fondled was uncomfortable with like about to be having sex in the graveyard because somebody might see. So they jumped into this big ass hole in the graveyard, which like I don't know if they were going to be able to get out of that thing. Um, but I was like, what kind of I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> you dug yourself into a hole? No, I jumped out of them <laughs> ah got it got it got it yeah got it um but i think we all also made a note of like this game that they were playing called ambulance i'm so glad you brought that up because i was <laughs> been waiting for this i learned a new game today uh, yeah right and i guess the way that it works is you just like run your fingers up the girl's leg making the ambulance sound until she says red light and you're supposed to stop <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Which comes back around later in a more, like, uncomfortable way. But we'll, we'll get there. So they're playing ambulance. She's shy about who's going to see them in the graveyard. So they jump in this hole. They start getting down in the hole. And then out of nowhere, the boy, the, the, the boyfriend, gets fucking whacked in the face with a shovel. And the girl gets, like, choked out with a rope. And we see this couple. I don't know if they died. Because the, the boyfriend kind of, like, came back. He, like, woke back up and was trying to save the girl. And then They're he got... definitely unconscious, but I don't know if they were actually were dead. Yeah. 
And then he got smashed in the face again. Multiple times. Yeah, that was pretty gnarly. And then they buried them. Or at least started to bury them. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure because the next scene is them at... So it's the kids at... No, it's the... That is where we get introduced to Timmy, right? So Timmy's sneaking in through his uh, kitchen window. We meet his sister, Joyce. Now, Timmy is played um, by a guy named Casey Martle, M-A-R-T-E-L, um, who was also in E.T. and Amityville Horror, which uh, in both movies, his name is Greg. I really? thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's odd. And I don't remember either one of those movies well enough to like remember mm. how big of a role he had in those movies. I don't recall. Yeah, and I kind of don't want to go back and watch E.T. I've seen it. As to me, E.T. is one of those movies where, like, I've seen it. That's it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's been a long time. I, I might, you know, check it out one more time before I leave. Okay. Show, but, but, I mean, <laughs> so I'm not, like, trying to go see it or... No, I got gotcha. you. nothing that's really... Amityville Horror, I'll go back and watch again. But... It's been a while, think. and also I can kind of take it or leave it. <laughs> E.T. or Amityville Horror? Amityville. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I feel kind of the same way about uh, Rosemary's Baby. Hmm. I don't believe I've actually seen that one. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I know of it, and I know the, the lure, but... Yeah. Yeah, I just never watched it. So, Casey Martle plays Timmy Russell, and then um, we have Lori Lathan. I think that's how you spell it, or say it. Lathan? L-E-T-H-I-N. She plays Joyce, the big sister, um, who's actually looking after Timmy while their parents are on vacation who was also in Return uh, Return to Horror High. I think that's the name of the movie. That one I have not seen. Yes, Return to Horror High. She plays uh, Callie. She plays, she plays Callie in Return to Horror High. So she's babysitting. This is where we find out the parents are on vacation. She wanted to know where he was. And he was like, ah, just outside playing or whatever. And um, she's going through all her like astrology homework or whatever. And um really not much there she likes to put on her headphones while she's at the table those old school like brick over the pad i always think of um do you ever see um what's the name of that fucking movie starsky and hutch with ben stiller and um one of the old Owen wilson yeah one of the yeah yeah there's a scene where ben stiller is on the beach and he's wearing these big ass fucking headphones that have like an antenna to them i don't remember that but I've seen the movie. I don't okay, remember yeah. that specifically. That, I, I almost want to say like someone in E.T. was wearing those, though. I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, I think the picture of this Casey Martel guy um, is from E.T., and I think you're right. I'm going to check this one for sure because I want to see. Yeah, there you go. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Technology. Okay, so um, we cut to school um where the sheriff uh, what was his name sheriff james brody who's played by burt kramer um is talking to this class about elementary school by the way yeah because they're like they're 10 yeah they're they're about to be 10 so he's talking to them first about you know what what an officer is and what they do and like I don't know. I got the impression that this was like, you know, kind of like career day. Yeah. Or show and tell type of thing. Somebody yeah. brought their dad in. Yeah. And like we meet Curtis for the first time and he's talking about what he understands a police officer to be. And then 
And then, <laughs> and then the cop changes the conversation to what? Do you? Does anybody know what murder is? Does anybody know what the word murder means? Debbie? It's when someone kills someone, like on TV. No, honey. Not like on TV. TV is just pretend. What does she think we are, a bunch of babies? I, I would have loved it more if, like, four or five of the kids are like, yep, totally. <laughs> <laughs> what an odd question to ask a bunch of elementary school kids. Which is funny, right? Because I think you, both you and I started talking about how this this guy, this actor, um, Burt Kramer, sounded and reminded of uh, reminded us of Peter Graves, who was the captain from Airplane. Clarence. Yes. Does anybody know why it's important to cooperate with the police? Joey, we have something here for our special visitors. Would you like to have it? Does anybody know what the word? Murder means. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, honey. Not like on TV. You ever seen a grown man naked? TV is just pretend. Joey, you like movies about gladiators? So, like, in that movie, he's asking, you know, the little kid, you know, do you like gladiator movies? Do you, have you ever seen a grown man naked? And, like, these awkward questions to ask a kid. And then what, here he so is. Not just the, okay, the way his voice is, the way he sounded connected the two actors but also the way he phrased the question i think to me also made that connection got it yeah 100 percent. so um fun fact i'm gonna skip ahead a little bit joyce timmy's brother uh, sister has this like boyfriend that's away at college or whatever who's ironically named paul but paul is played um by an actor named Cyril O'Reilly, who is credited for being in Airplane. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's known as the, it's just listed as soldier. So I'm thinking like uh, uh, when they show some of the flashbacks flashback of the war. Sure. Yeah. And where he develops his drinking problem. Yeah. Um, he's probably, <laughs> yeah, just like a background character. <laughs> So the sheriff is asking the kids about murder because he's like, as some of you may know, these two kids got murdered in the cemetery last night. And I was like, how would they know that? It's 80. Like, they don't yeah. have the internet. But maybe it's just like a small enough town. It was a small town, but it was, I don't know. It, you, <laughs> you find these bodies of these teenagers and you go to the elementary school to <laughs> shake down the 10-year-olds? Well, <laughs> yes, but partially because I think um, one of the murder weapons that they used to choke the girl out with was a jump rope that was missing a handle on it. Because they, they showed found the handle. The handle. <laughs> That's right. It was the handle. They it wasn't the, the actual handle, rope yeah. itself. So they were like, jump rope handle, kids, elementary school. They, I'm going to go ask them. Like that's that's your best lead so far, is an uh, elementary class full of kids. You know, ironically. He was right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, long long term, right? <laughs> okay, so class is over. The trio of kids, Debbie, Stephen, and Curtis, walk up to the teacher, who's named what? I saw you write it down because you were like, is, was, that her, is that really your name? I wrote, okay, wait a minute. I, I know at some point I wrote teacher cunt in here. 
but <laughs> I don't know if I actually she, got her she, name. She was oh, not oh, a nice you're teacher. Right. I do remember. Hold on. It's uh because I was like nobody else. Nobody else is realizing that name. It's like Viola Davis. Is yep, that right? That's exactly wow. what it was. <laughs> so, yeah, I couldn't even find it in my notes. That's just memory. Yeah, Miss Viola Davis. Yeah. I, uh, still nothing, huh? No, it's just the singer, right? No? I thought it was an actress, but, I, you know, mm. you know. Singers can be actresses. American actress. Damn it. What's she in? Almost everything at the moment. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So, it's it's not something so I really follow or pay attention Inspector to. Inspector Gadget? No. So, like, recently, she's uh, she's in, like, the Suicide Squad movies and mm. everything associated mm. with those. I know exactly what you're talking about now. And I've seen her... Viola co- Davis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she's related to Lionel Hutz. <laughs> no, it's spelled differently. <laughs> okay, so the kids go up to Miss Viola Davis, and they're like, hey, it's our birthdays this weekend. Can the class not have homework? Because we'll be so busy with the party. And the teacher was basically like, fuck no. Like, you are not special. You don't, nobody gets this break just because it's all of your yeah. birthdays. Just like, because the no. three of you have the same birthday doesn't mean you're special. Correct. Which I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of odd, you know, uncommon. Maybe not special, but thanks for shitting in my, in my cereal. Yeah. Let's talk to Saturn about that and see. <laughs> So that's probably where you got the like teacher cunt note. Mm. It's a handful of things. Uh, she she was just very mean and stern, um, which I respect, by the way. Uh, but rule no, with an iron know, fist. Um, I get it. Uh, what's her name? Joyce was the teacher's aide and showed up late, and she straight told Joyce, "If you want credit to being this teacher's aide for uh, whatever, right. then you got to right. show up on time." Yep. So it was that and. Yeah, uh, you're not special, and there's <laughs> a handful of other things. She just made a very not nice impression. <laughs> Got it. So we cut to um, Debbie's house where uh, Curtis and Stephen are hanging out, and the sheriff shows up. So we realize that the sheriff that was in the class is also Debbie's dad, and he Daddy. is called outside by Debbie um, because she had, like, strategically placed the skateboard on the steps and was like calling him out and as he was walking out she you can tell like she's like wanting him to like step on the skateboard and like fall and hurt himself or whatever but he just kind of walks over it so you can see like this look of disappointment in her face for like a split second where she's like fuck you didn't fall into the trap that I wanted you to fall into so because that didn't work Fucking the other two kids just end up taking like a baseball bat to his dome. Yeah, so she shows him uh, uh, the rope, the jump rope, and kind of gets it with with a missing handle to kind of like bring him in closer. And I think he kneels down to take the rope and to see what's going on. Says, "Where did you get this?" And then all of a sudden, lights out. uh, Steven with a baseball bat going for a home run. See, I feel like. He's like the dismissive one of the group. So like they give all the dirty work to Steven. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. you're disposable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> De- Debbie brings them all together. 
Curtis is the brains, and Steven is just like our, our you know, our, our Aaron boy. I guess the muscle. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> in their tens, so it's hard to say. <laughs> uh, you, you did kind of skip over a part, though, before that happened, uh, before she lures the dad outside. Uh, they're inside uh, her bedroom and her closet, and they got the little hole that she's. I did. Uh, charging her her buddies her her two accomplices what is a quarter 25 cents 25 cents to peep on her older sister changing and it, so it goes from like her closet to like it looks into her older sister's bedroom beverly and it's not even like a subtle hole like it's a i think i made a reference of like you can double that up as like a glory hole that shit was fucking huge like how do you not see that hole in your closet yeah it's pretty odd but yeah she's charging them 25 cents a piece um to take a gander 10 cents extra if you want to go longer and like one of the kids was <laughs> like all right here no problem <laughs> so they're perving on beverly and then they go outside yep they end up murdering the sheriff and while they're dragging his body closer to the stairs timmy comes around the corner and sees them doing this stuff and debbie's like oh shit we're caught so immediately she's like mom mom uh, dad had an accident. He he hurt himself or whatever. Dad fell. And then it cuts to his funeral. Yep. Like just oh he's dead. Yep. It's like okay, dang, just like that, huh? And at the funeral, the trio are all kind of like staring at each other while they're like they're like you can tell they're plotting without saying words to each other and they're like looking over at Timmy and they're like you could just get the vibe of like. He's next. Yep. They give a little nod. Like yeah. To each other. Yeah. And they're, yeah, they're just like, yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. He's next. <laughs> just like Jedi. Ah. Almost like Jedi. That little nod. Mm. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So from so this is our our first funeral, right? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> And so we cut to um, some like random junkyard where all the kids are playing. So it's the trio plus Timmy. And because they've already plotted that they were going to murder this dude, um, Curtis ends up tricking Timmy into like a refrigerator, old refrigerator, or like a freezer or something. And Timmy makes the comment, well, Curtis is daring him to go in. Timmy says, no, that's dangerous. We can't do that and close both doors. Curtis says, I'm no, well, I won't close both doors. But he baits him in, jumps out. As, to, as soon as Timmy jumps in the fridge, Curtis jumps out, closes them both, locks it up. Yep. Fucking snake. I'm telling you, man, that kid's smart. It was a good move. This is also at the same time where we see that Curtis has a revolver on him. He pulled it out on Steven, I think. But then made the note to Timmy that, ah, it's just a fake. Don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. It's just a play gun. It's not real. So they lock him in the fridge and they, he just fucking walks away, dude. Like just, just left, they just left him there. I think he smiled first. <laughs> that kid did a lot of smiling <laughs> yeah. around a lot of murdering. Yeah. yeah. Probably got smirks. <laughs> so, uh, Timmy ends up finding a way to break out of the fridge, right? I think he had like some kind of like flashlight on him. He had a little pen light. Pen light. That's what it was. And he sees there's like some bolts on the inside. And I think he unscrewed one of them and pulled off like a little like piece of metal. And then he like sticks it up 
through like the crease in the door and is like trying to like pop the lock yep. able to unlatch yeah and i made a note to myself of like how resourceful is this kid right now because i don't think that if a kid of his age today got put in that situation i think that kid's just dead now well they just go for their phone yeah true i did think about that for a second but you you're know, right though i understand your point yeah they just they don't make them like they used to man well that's, that's because of the phones <laughs> <laughs> ironically this the thing that saves your could save your life is the thing that puts you in that life-threatening position in the first place yep. mm. yeah i'm gonna go with that <laughs> okay so he gets out he walks back home joyce is like the fuck happened to you so he's telling them what happened and um you know joyce is like dude i don't want you hanging out with them anymore don't go to don't go to the junkyard. Don't hang out with them. And then, like, I don't know if it was this scene or maybe one before, but she also told Timmy not to tell mom and dad about the kids who got murdered in the graveyard because it'll just spoil their vacation and they'll just want to come home and, like, they need this vacation time. Hmm. It's like, okay, so these two kids died. The sheriff who's leading the investigation has died. You took him to the funeral and you still don't want to say anything to your parents? Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. It was weird to me. But nonetheless, um, Debbie tells him, don't hang out with them anymore. And then, like, by the way, where were you when these other kids got murdered? And that's where he admitted to her that um, Debbie, sorry, I think I said Debbie first, but Joyce is telling him not to hang out with them. Yes, Joyce. Yes, finds out where were you the night before. And he's like, oh, I went over to Debbie's house because she lets us pay 25 cents to watch her sister change. And right i went but she wasn't there so it's like mm. at this point we've all figured out that these kids murdered those kids in the graveyard you know what i mean but they hadn't put it together yet right yeah so from there we cut to this scene where curtis comes over to debbie's house and he ends up switching out the sheriff's gun for the fake one right they also uh, show that Debbie has a scrapbook mm. of mm -hmm. the newspaper clippings from yep. her dad's death. Yeah. And then, um, I guess the, the next victim or the, they kind of portray who like, who's going to be the next victim. So they're recording who they're killing. And then like the, the last page is always who they're going to kill next. Do you remember who it was? Uh, my notes say it shows the cut. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which of uh, teacher you know cuts? What? Yeah. <laughs> it it at the beginning it was teacher is stern and mean, so I didn't I didn't get that aggressive with her until right now. <laughs> well, because now we cut to the school, right? And it's like the teachers' lounge or whatever. Yes. And um, kitchen. It's pretty nice. It was pretty big, and Curtis walks in, and doesn't really like alert her to know that uh, he's there. But he just pulls out the revolver that he stole from the dead sheriff and is just like aiming it at her. And then like she catches wind that he's there and she turns around and all nonchalantly. She's like, if you bring that replica to school one more time, I'm going to take it away from you. Like, but never did she say, like, don't point it at me or like true. She said you shouldn't sneak up on people or me or something like that. Yeah, but like I was, I would still expect her to be like, uh, why are you pointing that at me? You know, even if it's a fake, like, why are you just standing there 
pointing a, a potentially real weapon at me or like yeah. even even if you're just pretending to want to murder me like that should be yeah. like red flag you know but again it's the 80s it's a different time but what she doesn't realize is that this time the gun is real and he ends up shooting her in the back uh, right in the back yeah fucking dick Oh, she was just washing. Um, she asked him to do a favor. Grab some brushes to, for an activity or something. Yeah, she was like, fuck what you're doing. Put that shit away. Grab some shit for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Help me out. And then he just fucking shot her right in the back. So um, I think Debbie and Steven came in after that. And they're helping to, like, clean up, right? Because, like, there's blood all over the <laughs> counter now. and um, Yeah, they literally grab sponges start wiping up the blood. Right. Now, at, at the same time... Um, so they clean up and then Joyce and Tim come to the outside. They do. And Joyce walks into the teacher's lounge and so far everything is cool in there. She's noticing that the, the counter in the sink is a little bit dirty, but like she's paying no mind to it. But we also see Curtis go outside and he's like talking with Timmy and Debbie. And then like Timmy waits for like Joyce to go inside. And then when the coast is clear, he just starts fucking laying into uh, Curtis for leaving him in the junkyard and in the uh, in the refrigerator. And then a teacher came out and broke up the fight. And so the whole time I'm thinking, like, if there are other staff in the building you know, on campus, like, how did nobody hear Curtis shoot this the teacher? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is it because he wrapped it in his jacket first? <laughs> I did ask why is he wrapping it in his jacket. <laughs> Now, okay. It was the worst silencer ever. <laughs> I have seen in some movies where, like, they wrap the entirety of the jacket around the gun to try to muffle the sound. Not the this same. dude just, like, yeah, he just, like, layered it over there and then, like, just shot it. And it was like, that did absolutely nothing. Small piece of cotton <laughs> over, the, yeah. over the muzzle. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, while the teacher is breaking up the fight... Joyce ends up finding the dead body of uh, Teacher Cunt in the lounge, and she gets all freaked out and, you know, cut to her being dropped off by the sheriff. Or not the sheriff, because he's dead, um, but the deputy, and she's a little shaken. And she comes home, and she finds a note on the door. And what does the note on the door say, Daryl? He says, uh, Joyce, gone to play in Junkyard. Yeah. There's a note from, quote-unquote, Timmy that says, hey, I'm going to be in the junkyard playing. After she especially told him not to go there. She even called it out. She was like, man, you can't even keep a promise for one day. One day. Yeah. So, obviously, she's all pissed. So, she goes over to the junkyard. And this is where I've noted this as my favorite scene. Because I've seen this movie before a couple times. And I think this is my favorite scene of the whole movie. Really? Yeah. So... What happens is Joyce shows up to the junkyard. She's looking around for everybody. There's nobody there. But then we see in this car, somebody in the driver's seat with this like bag. It's almost like a sheet, pillowcase kind of. Yeah, more rounded though. So probably like a sheet that is tied around the neck. Like they're trying to, it was a cheap costume for a ghost, a Halloween costume or something. It reminds me of a trick or treat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that, like, the way that it looked kind of provided, like, a creep factor for me. 
Plus, like, it's it's very clear that this is an adult, not a child, in that driver's <laughs> seat. <laughs> but I thought it was hilarious because it took two kids to work the car. Yeah, and not just that, but uh, my notes say the kid drove very well. So the, the fact that, yeah, there's two, one's working the wheel and the other's working the pedal. <laughs> yeah. The, the distance they were able to get to and from, weaving between the junk. I mean, it's yeah. Impressive. So they're chasing down Joyce. Um... And again, just, you know, the tension in the scene. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's who Steven is. He's the wheel man. Ah, that's his role. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was a good scene. She ends up like running up this hill and the car comes together and like she gets out of the way. Oh, they ghostwrite it. Remember? Because they get out yeah. and they put like a brick on the um, on so the gas pedal and then they yeah put it in the drive and they just fucking let it go after her and she gets out of the way and it just goes over the cliff and then that's when the cops show up and yep. it's that same cop who just dropped her off at the house <laughs> and she's all you know shaken up and everything so um he gets her out of there but yeah yeah one of my favorite scenes it was a good scene so at a certain point um joyce starts figuring out debbie's personality right she's She's super into astrology, so she's using, like, some charts to, like, right. figure it out. And I think that's where she had determined that based on the year and the, and the day and all that stuff and the eclipse, like, Saturn was blocked. And, like, this is the thing that, like, um, probably prohibits her from feeling some kind of emotions or just emotions in general. Yeah. But I thought it was a good way to, like, establish the why behind why these kids have, like, started like breaking bad essentially right yeah so she's figuring out from the charts and my notes say from charts or whatever while we're watching debbie spy on her sister getting down with some guy so at this point um what was her sister's name beverly beverly so while that's happening um debbie is spying on beverly who's got her boyfriend or some guy in the room with them and i think she's just like all emotional about her dad dying who's the sheriff and um, they start going to town as well, again, eating each other's faces. Um, but also, Debbie has like this like big ass bow and arrow set in her closet. So she's like using the arrow to like gauge whether or not I thought she was gonna shoot her, but I guess um, you know, she was just trying to figure out if like this is a good angle. Can I get a shot off in well, here? So so the the people was uh in Beverly's closet. So there was a garment that was like kind of halfway hanging to the way. Mm. She put the arrow in to move the garment out of the way so she could see better. Is that what it was? Yeah. Well, I must she have did missed it initially. Got it. Yeah, I must she have missed wanted, that. She needed a clear sight. So in the same night, Curtis walks up to Timmy's house and um, he sees Timmy and um, Joyce hanging out in the living room, um, just kind of chilling. And he still has the gun that he stole from the sheriff. Yep. So he like walks up to the window, puts the gun to the window. And just as he was getting ready to like blast on these fools, some car like <laughs> shines through the light on Curtis and he gets, he, he gets all startled and he fucking, and he bones out. And I, I think it was at this point where I made a note. I was like, this is a badass kid, dude. This kid's got like no holds barred. You know so, what I mean? So okay, I just remind my note says uh, his firearm holding technique, not good. You know, just the one-handed, 
on balance, not sure. I mean, granted, he's 10. Uh, or about to turn 10. <laughs> I, Yeah. No, I get that. And that comes into play later in the end where, like, his shots are just way the fuck off. Yeah. Like, no, it was, it was everywhere. It's not, yeah. it's not how you're secure. It's not how you aim. <laughs> but because he got scared, he bones out. And as he turns the corner, there's this van that, like, just pulls up to the side of the road. And it's this guy and this girl in the van. And immediately they just park and they just start, like, making out. And they're in the back of the van and they're stripping. And, like, I don't know. I thought it was super weird that, like, they were staring at each other. Like, they locked <laughs> eyes as they were, like, undressing. Yeah, as I Paul locks eyes with me right now. <laughs> Elena, you got to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was weird. They just pulled over on a random street and jumped immediately in the back. Okay, so you've got a couple who is getting down in the cemetery and the girl's uncomfortable about being leaned up against a headstone because somebody might see her so she's more comfortable with doing it in a dirt hole in a cemetery a lot of foot traffic in that cemetery As, sure <laughs> and then you have this other couple who are just like yeah just pull over and like let's get completely buck naked and start banging in the back of this van so I'm like, man, they must have some like loose rules in that town, man. Something in the water. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah probably. And that reminds me of this movie we just watched uh, yesterday, uh, Chillerama. Have you ever heard of it? No. Raymond sent me a scene of this like giant killer sperm. It was like one sperm, <laughs> and he was like, I don't know what movie this is from, but like I want to watch it and like nice. we want to podcast it with you. And I was like, okay. So I looked into it, and it's called Chillerama. It's kind of like an anthology. Okay. Um, Sperm anthology. <laughs> it's <laughs> the premise is like this: uh, uh, drive-in theater is closing, and the guy who runs it is the guy from Office Space who comes up with the jump to conclusions. Matt. Oh yeah, I forget his name. So each of the movies they show is like you know another story or whatever, and then it culminates in like a zombie attack in the drive-in. It was really good. Like. It's it's raunchy for sure. It's just like nothing but sex and boobs. Elena would love it because it's got plenty of boobs in it. Oh, yeah. actually, you know what? No, there weren't any bear boobs. <laughs> but it was yeah, just sure, a sigh of yeah, just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, I don't want to get off on a side tangent. <laughs> yeah, what, just what year was that? I'm curious. What year did that movie come out? Uh, 2011, maybe. Oh, okay, somewhere recent. Okay, cool. Yeah, it, it's more recent. Yeah. It's fun. The first movie is, um, what was the first one? Uh, Wadzilla. That's the giant killer sperm. Wow. The second one was, I was a teenage werebear. It's about a kid who turns into a gay also wow. werewolf. Yeah. Werebear. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that one was kind of lame. It was a musical. It was kind of boring. There wasn't a lot of horror to it. So it was whack. I kind of fell asleep during that one. The third one was The Diary of Anne Frankenstein. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Dude, that was my favorite, man. Uh, the I don't remember this guy's name either, but he plays the really tall, nerdy guy in... Um, uh, what's the kickball? Kickball, the... Dodgeball. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, He's the one that's cleaning the truck tire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he plays Hitler. It's <laughs> so funny, dude. <laughs> It, you would get a fucking kick out of it. It's so funny. All right. 
Um, and then the end is like when everybody in the the theater turns into zombies. It's good. It's worth it. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so this couple is getting down in the van on the side of the road, and uh, Curtis jumps up on the hood to check out what's going on. He's watching inside, and the girl like figures out that somebody's watching him. So she's like, "Go There's some noises." Yeah, she's like, "Go, go check it out." And I was like, "He's butt ass naked, and you want him to like go check out a noise on the side of the road?" But he did it in a really good way, which was like, "I'm gonna stick my head out of the driver's seat for like two seconds, and then be like, no, nah, it's all good." Which is perfect. Yeah, he came back. He's like, it's all good. So they get back down, and then they hear somebody trying to break in through the back, and they open it up, and it's fucking just Curtis standing there with a gun pointed right at him. One handed. Dude, I mean, you don't need to be accurate when you're that close. It went right through his, like, eye and just back of his head, and then he, like, laid off a couple shots on the girl. So I was like, yeah, this kid's hardcore. Then. We get to the birthday party. This is a celebration for all three of the kids. There's a ton of cake. There's three different cakes. Oh, it's three different kids. I guess, but like, just do one big ass cake. Like, why you gotta have three separate ones? Because I feel like if you're gonna individualize them, then like, then there's also politics on who goes first. So the first cake said, the first cake had all their names, and the other two cakes just said happy birthday. Yeah, so they're not individualized. Yeah, whatever. Semantics. (laughs) Details, man. Uh, Right before they actually cut to the outside of that birthday party, it was uh, Joyce and Beverly hanging out in Beverly's room, and Joyce found that hole, which she already knew about because Timmy had mentioned to her. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And she broke it to Beverly. Hey, did you know your sister's paying or Uh uh, charging 25 cents uh, an eyeball to watch you change? What'd she do about it? uh, didn't not much. Just nice and said, "Oh, that little shit what? or something." And yeah. Just, uh, okay. And then yeah. Kind of moved on. I couldn't <laughs> like, tell if she was mad because it was happening or mad because she wasn't cut in on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? My theory was a cut in. I, but then also like just twenty five cents. Yeah. I feel like I'm worth more than twenty five cents a piece. People, different time, I guess. <laughs> Inflation, man. Yeah. Okay. So at the birthday party, um, so we see the cakes. Curtis is like fucking around in there. He sees that there's a bottle of uh, ant poison uh, next to the cake. So you can see like the wheels turning in his head. You can tell he's got some kind of idea going on. And when he comes out, Debbie's like panicking, right? She's like, hey, we got to do something about Joyce because like I think she knows. Which I don't think she did know at this point. I was confused on that part. I didn't know how... She would know, but you're right. Debbie made that comment. I think it was because I know she had told Timmy not to hang out with them and not to play with them anymore. You can't go to the graveyard. Or maybe it was or whatever happened in the junkyard, like the those events. Oh, true. Yeah, true. Um, So maybe. I, I was wondering if there was a point where Timmy had mentioned to them that he wasn't allowed to hang out with them anymore. So maybe that was like a trigger too. Maybe. Not that I recall. Mm. Same. But regardless, Curtis says no one's going to believe her if everybody thinks she's crazy. She's not going to keep quiet. So what? Well, they might believe her. Not if they think she's crazy. What are you going to do? 
Your thing. Dude, a man with a plan. Yeah. Always. He already knew what was going on. So what did he do? What, so what does he do? Oh, oh, hold on. Before we cut to like what action Curtis takes, he goes over to like this treehouse, the treehouse, Debbie's treehouse, to get like a a view of the whole party, and then walks back into the house, which I thought was weird because I, I didn't know if that's what he was actually doing because he doesn't do anything else other than that. But he had to pass this like clown <laughs> yeah there's a clown that was juggling i feel like it was less a clown and more like a stoner with like goth makeup on who was just juggling yeah it, it was somewhere between like a clown and a mime except like because the makeup looked mime-esque but his hair yeah. was pretty crazy and uh, he's just sitting there juggling he looked yeah. really weird and creepy i was like wow he could have you know what doesn't help is the fact that, like, he wasn't even in a costume. It was just, like, his regular clothes. Right. T-shirt was like a, I don't know, like a band t-shirt or something. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. concert. <laughs> said, like, I don't say no. It said something really weird. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I don't know or I don't care or something like that. I was like, awesome. Way to show up to this kid's birthday party. I was hoping that Way was going to come back later, like. Everybody thinks he's the killer. I mean, that's what I thought. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't have been mad at it if it did, if they did do that, because that guy was creepy as fuck. <laughs> so Curtis walks back into the house, over to the cake, and then he starts to ice the cake. And Joyce walks in. And finds him doing this. And she's like, hey, you got to leave that shit alone. You're making a mess or whatever. So she picks up the second cake because they've already had one. Takes that outside. So when she leaves, he goes back to icing the third cake. And he's like, you know, making a mess of it intentionally. But as Joyce comes back in the house, he takes that bottle of uh, ant poison. And kind of just like secretly hides it behind his back. What's the matter with you? Look at that cake. What did you do? Nothing. Exactly what did you see? I went into the kitchen, and he was putting icing on the cake. And he had a decorator in one hand, and a bottle of poison in the other hand. You're crazy. Let me have some of that icing. And so, forcing her to be like, what do you got there? What are you doing? You know, and when she finds out that it's ant poison, she assumes that he put all that ant poison in the icing, and then runs off and is like, you know, swatting cake out of people's hands, and is like, going berserk about how this fucking 10 year old kid just poisoned the entire party don't eat the cake yeah exactly and like here's what i thought was odd and i don't know if you caught this but at the party the doctor was there from the beginning huh the guy who delivered all of these kids was at the party 
Yeah, I don't remember that. But I mean, it's apparently it was a big deal. They were all born on the same daytime yeah. slash area. You know, I, I a couple guess, of minutes apart but between like, a super long eclipse. Maybe it's that thing where it's a small town and like everybody knows everybody. So like, yeah, yeah, you coming? Can you imagine I, him running from like room to room to deliver those kids all in. I kind of envisioned it of like one room with the beds all split by like a weak ass curtain. Oh, okay. And he just goes from one to the next. Or maybe he just has a stall and they they bring the mom, the lady to him. <laughs> it's like a lazy yeah. Susan of yeah, like. Yeah, even better. Yeah. <laughs> just a rotating floor. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So, side note on the doctor. The doctor is played by a man named Jose. Ferrer, F-E-R-R-E-R. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. And in the credits, especially in, uh, I think in the opening credits, I don't know if it said it in the closing credits, but in the opening credits, it says special appearance by Jose Ferrer. Yeah, that sounds right. So I was like, I don't know. Why is it a special appearance? Who is this guy? I don't know who this guy is. So I'll give you the lesser of the two first. Best damn doctor I've ever seen. (laughs) Hey, man, if you can deliver demon babies, true, you can pretty much do anything. Okay, so Ferrer, Jose Ferrer, um, plays a character named, uh, I'm going to fuck this up, um, Padish Emperor Shaddam IV in the original Dune from 1984. Okay. Then he, before that, he played... Cyrano de Bergiac, of which he won the Oscar for that for Best Actor. Oh, wow. So I was like, damn, you got an Oscar actor yeah. in your low-budget murder movie with Just kids. Special appearance. I guess. Maybe you owed him a favor or something, you know? He did. <laughs> okay, so Joyce is knocking cake out of people's hands. She's going crazy. She's explaining what happened. And, you know, he was, you know, he's like, I don't, I just found it there. I was putting it away. I'm not, I didn't do anything. And she was like, yeah, you did that. And then you locked Timmy in the fridge in the junkyard. And like, she starts like placing blame on him for a lot of shit. And everything. Like, but I like, she like reaches, let his shoulders start shaking him. I, I must have missed that. And, uh, well, really, because she did it like two or three times. <laughs> uh, I must have missed it. Like you're lying to me, aren't you? Or or maybe I'm just so accustomed to people shaking kids that like I oh. didn't even notice it. Yeah, it's just every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, I, I didn't see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> not my kid, not my problem. So it establishes doubt in people's minds, right? That was the goal, right? If everybody thinks that she's crazy, no one's gonna believe her when she actually like goes to like yep. get us in trouble. And so mission accomplished, um, in that sense. So Party's over. Joyce and Timmy are back at their house. And they hear some noises. And it's Paul, Joyce's boyfriend. Yeah, she's walking around. Well, she tells Tim to, you know, hide or get down or whatever, take cover. And she's walking around with a trophy as a weapon, just like a hammer. Just, you know, grab, I mean, just grab a, whatever you can. Yes, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but of all the weapons that she uses to disarm people, that's probably like the best thing that she's pulled out so far. Yeah. And then Paul jumps out of the closet behind her. Right. And so, um, you know, they're making out or whatever, and they send Timmy away. 
um, so that they can have kind of, you know, some personal time or whatever. Yeah, is that Paul's only appearance? Yeah. Yeah, that should have been special appearance. There you go. Special appearance by Paul, Joyce's boyfriend, who's back from college. <laughs> so we cut back to um, Debbie's house and Debbie, Beverly, her older sister, the one that um, everybody's watching change, Debbie. is looking for some lipstick. She goes over to Debbie's room to try to find it and she finds the peephole and or you know no she'd already no she she'd already knew about it she goes into the room and she finds the scrapbook she's missing her i want to say lipstick eyeliner lip lip gloss nail something like polish. that nail polish nail polish that, yeah nail know, polish that's what we need a female in here <laughs> hammer hammer one of those details down Come nail on, polish elena next time <laughs> i'll bring a third mic Debbie, did you steal my nail polish again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it is a it, it is good to distinguish because that comes in in a minute. Yep. Um, but she finds the scrapbook, sees that she's been, you know, cutting clips of everyone who's died in the last couple of days, including their dad. So uh, Beverly takes it over to the mom, and the mom's like, what the fuck is this? And Debbie's like, it was Curtis's. He left it here. It's not mine, I promise. And so she's like, burn this shit, right? I don't want you hanging out with Curtis burn this book he's not allowed to come over anymore burn the book and like beverly was like she looked at her younger sister and was like yeah gotcha bitch yeah you know she just had this look on her face like got one over on you. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they burn the book um and then debbie calls steven and curtis and is like hey or i think she calls curtis and she's like bring steven over and come over right away and so um before they can get there beverly's back in her room and Debbie grabs the bow and arrow and she like starts to like tap on the wall with the arrow. Yeah. And so Beverly becomes aware of it. She comes over to look. She looks in the peephole to find out what's going on. She baited her in, baited her towards the hole, yep. the closet. Yep. And what happens? Then she yanked that bow and arrow back and just released. Yeah. Right through the eyeball. Right in the left eye. Yeah. Just, yeah, I think central brain also looked pretty deep. <laughs> it was in there. Yeah, it was in there. But it was also at close range, too. So, like, true. Yeah, it was good. So, while mom's in the shower, Debbie runs around, takes the arrow out. I don't know. She puts paper towels underneath her head to try to oh, stop the blood. That's right. <laughs> and I yeah. remember saying out loud, like, damn, she didn't even wait for, like, Curtis or Steven to show up. And then they show up. And Curtis is like, damn, you didn't even you didn't wait, wait for, for us. us. <laughs> and she's like, nah, she had to come in. She yeah. was asking for she it. Asked Fuck for her. <laughs> so they start to move the body. And they get a call. I don't think the call was relevant. No, it was just establishing that the mom was in the shower. And um, so they, they drag the body outside. Do you remember where they put it? They just dropped it next to a bunch of trash cans. Yeah, they didn't even try to hide it, right? No, I don't remember them like... trash cans and and ran away. Yeah. Okay. Good. I wasn't tripping then. Surprised that didn't come up later. Like you know, cops found the body next to just in the alley, like not even. No, I, you know what I think happened is she let Stephen and Curtis like finish disposing of the body, mm. and then she went back into Beverly's room and started like. Yeah, wiping true. up the blood from the carpet and so when the mom came out she was like fuck she's like oh i i dropped nail polish in yeah. beverly's room and she was like 
you girl like i told you not to do that yeah. you know clean it up and i was like wow what a good cover man yes mommy yeah i i wouldn't have thought about that there was one time matt's gonna hopefully matt's not upset that i tell the story it's not I, only in the sense that like i think he would like to be here when i say it but i can't help i'm gonna say it anyways so back in the day when we were teenagers um i lived in these apartments is how i came to meet matt um and there was this guy who lived in the apartments named Job. And one weekend, Job's mom had left to Vegas with her boyfriend to party and left Job home. So we got to be like, I don't know, 16, 17. So we all get drunk, right? We're drinking and shit. And Job gets fucking wasted, right? All right. So we have to carry him home. Okay. And we're okay with it because his mom's not there. So like we're... I have like one leg, like one foot and one arm or hand or whatever. Is he unconscious? He, yeah, he's he's wow. out. Yeah, he's out. And then Matt's got the other side. So it's not like I'm holding him by the chest and Matt's got his legs or whatever. Yeah. Like we're awkwardly holding him like well, I'll take one arm and one leg and you take one arm like almost like we're yeah. going to use him as a battering ram, <laughs> <Sure>. right? <laughs> Cuz you're kids, you don't know what you're doing. Sure, sure, sure. Drunk kid logic. Yeah. We get him. You should have consulted the ten-year-olds from this movie because they know how to move bodies. <laughs> we get him in the door, dude. We get him in the door and we bring him, walk him into the apartment, and we put him down on the floor, and he's laying there, you know, face down, but like legit, like face down. His face is literally down <laughs> in the carpet, dude. Matt goes to move his head with his foot. And then, like, so his head, like, turns, right? So, like, he can breathe now. And then blood just starts pouring out of his nose. Oh, and shit. we're like, what the fuck? I was like, did you kick him? He's like, no, dude. I just, like, nudged him. I swear to God. And so we see all this happening. So we do what any drunk 15 or 16-year-old would do, which is what? We fucking bailed, dude. We just left him there. <laughs> Wow. We just left them there. We bailed out. And Friends. then, dude, the next day we saw him and we were like, dude, are you okay? What happened? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know how I got home, but like, I woke up and like, I had a bloody nose and there was like blood all over the carpet. He's like, I tried to clean it up, but like, none of it came out. Wow. And then my mom came home and saw, you know, because it's like, as soon as you open the door, it's like, it's right there. <laughs> and we're like, well, what did you tell your mom? He's like, I just told her I spilled Kool-Aid on the floor. <laughs> okay, cool, man. Yeah, Good same, story. Same thing. Kool-Aid. <laughs> Water-based Kool-Aid. Now we know for next blood. time, go with nail polish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he stole his sister's nail polish and spilled yeah. it. <laughs> okay. So, um, we cut from that scene immediately to... Beverly's funeral and again I'm like damn this is like two funerals in a week and it's the lady's husband first and then her oldest daughter yep and so she can't take it anymore so like the next scene is her checking herself into the hospital and I made a note like I, she was telling Debbie like I'm gonna go away for a couple days like I'll be back or whatever like you can yeah. tell she's probably losing it needs some time to like cool down and so I didn't see anybody with Debbie. Like, I don't know how Debbie got home. I don't know who yeah. was watching her in her mom's absence. Like, no, 10 year old's on her own. 
80s, man. Yeah. I don't know. Hospital, hopefully walking distance. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the ambulance take you home. She knows how to play ambulance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So at this point, um, we cut to Debbie and Curtis and Steven in Debbie's house, fucking around with like the burglar system that the sheriff had set up. It's established throughout the movie that Curtis is like a genius with like electronics, different circuit boards and wiry and whatnot. Total nerd. Yeah, hundred percent. So he's fucking around with this security box or whatever that controls all the locks for the doors and everything. And while they're doing that, I guess what they're checking is to make sure that they can like lock people in from the inside because they were testing all the doors and stuff. Yeah. So I think he was just kind of messing around with it, but they were they were about to play hide and seek. And he was the one that was it. So he purposely messed with the security system ah. to lock them in so they couldn't go outside. Got it. That's that's what I got from it. Got it. Okay. They, they immediately ran uh, Stephen and Debbie ran to the door, which wouldn't open. They're like, oh, he must have messed with it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, at the same time, Timmy shows up and starts throwing rocks at the window because yep. he's like all pissed off at them or whatever. And... It's noted because the window doesn't break, right? Yeah, um, Debbie. I think Curtis had said, like, oh, these are, like, bulletproof windows. Or no, whatever. he says that later. But Debbie says, my daddy installed special windows. Ah, there you go. So they decide to unlock the doors and start giving chase to Timmy. Pretty long chase. It was, but they eventually catch up with him on the side of a house. And they get him to the floor and they start choking him out with a garden hose. Yep. And what we don't realize until they actually show us is that that garden hose is from Timmy's house. And um, Joyce is outside, like, working on the yard, and she sees that the hose is, like, the sprinkler is connected, and it's, like, kind of going on and off, and the hose is being dragged. Yeah, exactly. So she goes around the corner to find out what's happening, and she sees uh, Curtis and uh, Stephen just kind of choking the shit out of Timmy and she's yeah. like, "What are you guys doing?" And they're like, "Oh, we we're just playing." Like, it's well, good or cleverly, also like Debbie sees Joyce come around the corner and immediately says, "Stop! You're gonna hurt him." Yeah, she's Which, sneaky you know, like that. She's she's done that the whole movie. Yeah, because with her dad, she was like, when so Timmy had saw them dragging the dad's body, and then immediately she was like, "Mom, mom, dad!" Yep. So like she knows when to turn it on. Yeah, yeah, sneaky little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so going places. Yeah, yeah. So, Joyce kicks him out. Um, they leave. And then, like, the next scene is Debbie coming back over. I think it's, like, the next day, even, to tell Joyce, like, hey, my mom is coming. You know, my mom's back from the hospital, but she has to go see a shrink. So, like, can you and Timmy come over and babysit? She was like, that phrase, too. Right? A she shrink? She has to go see a shrink tonight. Can you come babysit? What about it? It's just not something that you hear nowadays. It's not like a term that's used anymore. Yeah, I feel like. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but it's just it was just funny to me. It's indicative just, of better times, easier uh, times, different, uh, just, just different, different, different yeah, era. Different. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, you know. Also, uh, not to go too far on a like a PC rant or whatever, but yeah, also at a time where like it was looked down upon if you were mm. seeking like therapy or something like that so yeah. but apparently not looked down upon to leave your 10 year old child alone at home for a couple of days 
dude, it's all good, man. We like we all know each other. It's yeah. fine. What's gonna happen? Small town, small neighborhood. <laughs> so, Debbie and Timmy, uh, no, sorry, Joyce and Timmy come over. They're babysitting. Um, Kennedy ends the night. Um, Timmy's crashing out on the couch. Joyce is uh, on the chair reading her astrology books. She's got her headphones on, and um, Stephen and Curtis show up. And I think Stephen was the one who was going to pull the trigger from the outside. But Curtis was like, hey, these are bulletproof windows. Like, that's not going to work. So Debbie had to sneak them into the house. And uh, they get in, and Curtis is just kind of standing in the doorway, and he points the gun for too fucking long because then Timmy wakes up and sees what's happening. So he tells Joyce to move, and he lets off some shots. And this is when, like, all the action kind of, like, picks up. Yep. And so they see Curtis trying to shoot them. Um, Curtis goes to shoot Joyce and misses. And then, like, as Timmy's still on the couch, Debbie had, like, cut the phone cord and, like, used it to, like, choke the shit out of Timmy while he was on the couch. That You know, that makes sense. I thought it was the jump rope again, just because of the way it looked. And, and she had obviously used the jump rope a couple times. I wasn't sure, but, like... Prior to this whole scene happening, like she is shown cutting, cutting the phone the cord. Phone cord. So oh, I, I just sense. kind of assumed that that was what she was using. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it. It serves dual purpose, right? Nobody can make a phone call, and I can choke somebody with this shit. Yeah. So she's resourceful, man. Yeah, yeah, she's a little sly one. Long places. <laughs> so Debbie starts to choke Timmy with the phone cord um, or the jump rope, um, and then like fucking curtis goes to reload the gun because it's a revolver right so he's only got six shots so like joyce and timmy are hiding while everyone's like reloading um then joyce grabs timmy and they go and lock themselves into beverly's bedroom and so debbie goes into her room grabs the bow and arrow and is like trying to like get a shot off through the peephole i called it the glory hole but and the peephole (laughs) Um, tomato, and, tomato. <laughs> and Joyce said, <laughs> Joyce had used like a big trunk to like block the door. And so um, she was trying to figure out what to do. So at one point, she saw this like big ass fucking like bowl sized goldfish bowl or whatever. Yeah, fish bowl. And she picked it up and she told Timmy, like, okay, let, let him in. And how did you think that scene was going to go down? Uh, well, I thought Steven or whomever was on the other side of the door was going to come in and get their head busted with with the bowl, with the fish bowl. So, like, I have this bowl in my hands that I'm holding with two hands, and I'm going to, like, come down on your head with the fish bowl, and all the glass is going to break on it. It's going to knock you out or whatever, Head, right? face, somewhere, yes. Okay. Yeah. What but, ended up happening? Uh, so he comes around the corner, and she just throws the fish on him in all the water. <laughs> And if anything, the, the fish is the victim here. <laughs> fish. My only weakness. Yeah, that's what this movie should have been about. <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah, no, she, no bowl to head contact whatsoever. Yeah, she just throws water on him. And, like, he's like, oh, you got me. And, like, fell to the ground, dropped his knife. It was disorienting, apparently. Dude. He fell and then he, he literally, like, just kind of, like, dropped into the trunk, right? Like, yeah, and then they closed it on him, and like they Locked ended up locking him up in yep. the trunk. Um, so Joyce comes out of the room, 
She runs over to the closet where um, apparently she knows the sheriff would keep his gun. Yeah. Grabs it, but we already know that that's the replica that Curtis had. And so Curtis has got the real gun and she's got the replica. So um, Curtis is, um, I said Curtis is tempt, but I don't know what that means. And Timmy starts to beat him up. Well, I mean, Curtis shoots. Uh, runs out of ammunition. I don't remember exactly how that fell. I felt like he got off more shots than he had bullets for. Because he was oh, shooting so up the bedroom, remember? Right, yeah. So he was shooting up the bedroom. And then he, he finds them trying to get the gun. They're pinned up against the wall. He makes his little smirk smile that he's been doing the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> Finally squeezes the trigger and then nothing. Yeah, that's right. He's empty. He's, he's empty. Yep. Tries a couple more times and then Timmy starts to smirk and just rushes in. Sort of beat, beat the shit the out, of out of him. Yeah. And they hog tie him. Which that, I, thought was they, funny. I didn't make that. I didn't make that note. Yeah, me too. Was, can, can we say that they sal tie him? Uh, if you want to be uh, gender specific. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. Masochist. Sure. Mm -hmm. Whatever. So, yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> they hog tie him. Joyce couldn't, <laughs> Joyce couldn't figure out how to turn off the alarm or the like the burglar system. So she's just like beating the shit out of it with, I think, that that fake gun. It disables the system and they're able to get out of the front door while at the same time, Debbie sneaks out of the side window. Yeah. And I don't think they caught that. I think she just kind of got out under their radar. So she runs out and she's kind of hiding by a tree and her mom pulls up at the same time that the cops are pulling up and right the mom, before right just like a oh, yeah maybe, maybe, maybe before yeah yeah 100 percent. so she gets debbie in the car and then they see that she sees you know she's hearing debbie talk about what's happening debbie's making up the story about how she's being attacked or whatever um but she gets her in the car she sees the cops roll up and at this point, I think she's like, just kind of like saying to herself, like, I'm not going to go through this all over again. So she ends up just taking off with Debbie. They just split. Yeah. She makes a U-turn. It's like, I'm, I'm not going home. I'm going the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, OK, I, I have a question about that at, in the end. But OK, weird. Um, and then the cop comes in. And I think the next scene is them, the kids. The Stephen and uh, Curtis yeah. being escorted out of the police station and into the back of a squad car. They're like in clothes, probably going to court or something. And the parents are watching this and Joyce and Timmy are there watching this. And like in typical Curtis fashion, you know, he's got this big ass smirk on his face as he's yeah. looking at Joyce. I got to say, man, that kid was consistent with that smirk. That shit was creepy as fuck. Yep. Was. Yeah. Super nerdy. Uh, at first and his again like wardrobe terrible yeah. like yeah. barely dressed but yeah that smirk that smile that creepiness his his cleverness also yeah so they pull off that's the end of that and then we fade into like a roadside diner or like liquor store or Motel, something maybe uh maybe uh, it feels like it was more like a truck stop kind Could of be, yeah truck yeah, stop. yeah yeah and we see Debbie playing on the side of the building with a floor jack. Yep. Right. And um, she's just playing with it, you know, not doing anything special. Raising it up, dropping it down. Yep. And then uh, the mom comes out and, you know, she's looking for her or whatever. 
and she finds her and she calls her by a different name. Do you remember Beth. the name? Beth Simpson. Beth. She's well, like, she hey. yells Beth when she comes out. Like, That's what it was. Like, Beth, where you at, Beth? Yeah. She's like, hey, remember, what's your new name? What is She's your like, name? Beth Simpson. She's like, okay, moving forward. You can't don't talk to strangers. This is your new name. Um, if, uh, yeah, that, and then that was it. And, and then, then Debbie's like, I'm going to be your good little girl. Yeah, mommy. that's right. Like, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So it made me wonder, here's the question that I had when mom busted the bitch in at the house and took off. Did she know? Did she always know? Or did she have like a developing like suspicion that it might be her daughter? I don't, I didn't get the feeling that she always knew. Uh, but at the point we're in the car when Debbie is feeding her a bunch of lies while it's going on and, and yeah, she flipped a bitch, turned the other direction. I, I think she kind of had a feeling or it may be a clicked in her head. Yeah. 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 Because I would agree why, with that. Why would she turn around? Like what's, is it, I, I don't want to deal with this or is it my, my daughter's the cause of this? Yeah. I guess like you can argue, right? Okay. I see everything that's happening maybe I'm not equipped to deal with this stuff mentally. So I'm just going to bone out. But then the fact that you have changed your daughter's name and are coaching her to not talk to anybody leads me to believe that she knows something, you know, for sure. Um, or suspect, suspect something. And you're just kind of on the lamb, I guess. And don't want to go back to your old life or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but they pull off and as they pull away, camera kind of turns around the corner and we see this mechanic lying under a truck all bloody from the face um and we are assumed that debbie or beth has yet had another victim killed another person and she's just gonna keep rolling with it well the the car the mechanic was working on did not have a tire on it so it was just uh like, like I don't know, working on the brakes. No, not even the rim. Like, it's all, I mean, the tire and rim came off, so he's working on it, which means that the car was jacked up. But So she so dropped the car with the jack. Dropped the jack. Pulled it over to the side. Onto yeah. the mechanic. Yeah. And then was playing with it, so yeah. smashed under the car. There you go. And that's Bloody Birthday. I thought some of the kill scenes were cool. I could have used some more gore. Like, there was blood it. in it, but, like, not enough. With with the lack of blood, they made up with music. the The score was interesting. I thought most of it was super suspenseful, even though when they didn't need to be suspenseful. But even when when Timmy got out of the when he made his way out of the refrigerator, it was like triumphant music. Or when uh, the couple pulled over on the side of the road and jumped in the back of their van, it started to get all sexy music. <laughs> it was like <laughs> the music was very on part of like what was happening in the scene even maybe a little bit too much no i i get you and um like I, you know you try to set the scene with the music right so you convey the sentiment you're trying to accomplish through the use of music yeah um oh what was the other movie uktana the the sci-fi movie that matt and i did right i remember i made a note where like most of all the characters were like calling out their actions <laughs> like especially the the blue singer where she was like ironing her clothes and she was like yep gotta get ready for this show 
gonna be a good one tonight gonna do you know i'm gonna be singing i'm like you're by yourself who are you talking to some people do that (laughs) but i think it's like okay it's just you know it's bad acting right and like or bad writing or both and like tell me what you're doing without telling me what you're doing you know if you can paint the picture for me um i can come to that conclusion myself in my head all right daryl good hanging with you man yeah thanks for having me on the show happy birthday happy early birthday thanks yeah man till the next one um again you can find the show on instagram at mutant city horror um you can email the show mutant city horror at gmail.com you can find us on spotify and what was the other place uh, podcast addict is the one that i listen to but podcast you know, addict. apparently there's more out there is it addict like 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 in the attic or no. like i'm addicted to podcasts correct got it okay cool good note for next time all right man thank Adios. you very much later <laughs>